1: That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl,
0: I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market
1: now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21 wines from spain greece and italy grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly mediterranean cuisine today think greek style ground lamb pitas lemony oven roasted chicken or bronzino or instant pot short ribs braised in wine all simple and delicious taste the mediterranean now at whole foods market
0: are you picky about jarred pasta
1: sauce because if you are welcome to the club We can't count the number of times we've talked on the show about how hard it is to find a delicious store-bought jarred sauce. Not only have we found a new favorite, but the best part is it's not just a pasta sauce. I see what you did there, Megan. Not just. That's the brand name. It is, and for good reason. Not Just is a versatile jarred sauce made with tomatoes and tons of other veggies that you can use in a million ways. It's basically a meal starter. Think dressings, dips, curries, soups, and more. One pantry staple, many meals, with searchable recipes on their site to prove it. Also, Not Just Sauce has zero grams of added sugar. Instead, it's gently
0: sweetened with beets. But don't worry, the kids will never be able to tell.
1: Not Just is a small, female-founded business run by busy parents just like us, so it's no wonder that they get it. After all, who understands our needs for simple, fresh-tasting pantry basics made with no icky stuff that we can use in lots of ways?
0: All that, and
1: have we mentioned that Not Just is totally delicious? Not Just launched with pasta sauce, but has other multi-purpose, plant-based staples coming out soon.
0: Visit notjust.co to sign up for their newsletter to keep up with their latest. Discover tons of recipes and, of course, to order Not Just sauces straight to your door. So it ends up feeling like soup just makes more work for me. Yes,
1: (laughs) you know what I mean. I think that's fair. I think that's like a really good perspective to bring to this conversation. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about
0: feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy.
1: And I'm Megan. Welcome to this week's episode of Didn't I Just Feed You, where we're going to talk about soup. I just automatically think of that SNL skit of like sweater weather, soup weather. <laughs> Do you know been what going I around know. a lot lately? It's so funny. Uh-huh. Uh, isn't that funny? I I don't, I mean, I I don't it know. Not. It kind it of is. It sticks in your head. You're like, sweater weather, sweater weather. Do you feel try. that way about
0: soups? I don't like soups so much. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, just, I okay. said it like that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stir the pot. See what I did there? Oh, hey. <laughs> No, okay, but for real, like soup's not my favorite. And I go through these Phases where I like, I'll go an entire winter and really like not make a soup, except if someone gets sick, I'll make chicken soup. Okay, I do like to make chicken soup, and I worked on a technique for Winter Winter Chicken Dinner my most recent book. Where I it's a quick version of chicken soup where you develop flavor by sauteing a bone in skin on breast or two of them really with some onion before you start to make your broth and it basically gives you a much more developed flavor than another quick cook chicken soup Mm. and that I really really like because it's not going to be as deep a flavor as if you cooked it for six hours four hours and let it bubble on the stove but it's going to have more much more depth of flavor than a quick chicken soup and it happens in 30 minutes other than that I don't really cook soup And I go around saying I don't like soup. And then every once in a while, I'll make a soup, usually by request. And I'm like,
1: oh, wait. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) do like soup more than I think. Wait, does your family like soup? Because I run into a thing where I love soup. I think soup is like one of those. It's like a master class in using up leftovers. You can throw so much into soup and get your family to eat it. But my kids are weird about eating soup. Like they're just not good at it. Maybe I don't serve enough soup. So I think that my family does
0: like soup, but I find sometimes I think of soup as being a little work intensive. And we're going to talk about that today because it really doesn't have to be. But I think of it as being work intensive. And I'm like, I'm making soup. I'll serve bread to make this a full meal. And then like, they eat a whole loaf of bread and they drink two bowls of soup and they're like, where's dinner? Yeah. So like, that's also a thing is that sometimes I don't really know or I don't strategize well. So like, where does soup fit? Is it dinner? Is it part of dinner? But then that's a lot of work. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like satisfying. A lot of the soups that I like are creamy soups, like a creamy butternut squash soup. Yeah. A creamy tomato soup. I know you can add things to that, but then I don't like it as much, but then it's not like a filling dinner. So it ends up feeling like soup just makes more work for me.
1: Yes. You know okay. what I mean? I think that's fair. I think that's like a really good perspective to bring to this conversation because I do think like we, we talk about this from time to time on the show. Like there's recipe marketing that happens where people are like, yeah, like it's soup season. Like you should just be stocking your freezer. And, like, of course, you have homemade broth, and that's going to, like, make it really rich. Or, like, you have 30 minutes to cook down broth, so you have, like, a consomme to turn into soup. And, like, all of that is kind of bullshit and kind of lies. <laughs> and there's a reason that there's a whole canned soup industry that exists and lives on our shelves, because soup does take time to make. In fact, like, in culinary school, soup is a whole and broths, like, that's a whole class because it takes so much time,
0: especially if you're going to like really develop flavor, like a brown broth is better than a quick broth. And that's, you know, that's multiple steps where you're taking bones and you're roasting them first and then you're creating a broth. So I don't know, I guess, where do we start? I think I personally think that the practical place to start is to talk about how to turn soup into dinner because we can always link out to recipes, you know, and more in depth descriptions of, you know, broth versus stock.
1: And yeah. uh, And I think if we're going to get to nitty gritty, like actual cooking techniques, which we love to and we should, I think we should talk more about like not the proper ways to make a soup, but like fast ways to make soup. Totally. Yes. Okay. So how to make soup more filling. I'm a big fan of like overstuffed soups. I think like minestrone. Minestrone. How do you say that? Stacey? I say minestrone. Minestrone. Okay. Thank you. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm just going to live in a world <laughs> where you validate me. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like a, a soup where there's beans. There's usually a little bit of pasta. There's potatoes. There's like a rich tomato broth. There's other veggies packed in there. That is a soup that I think of being like the archetype of filling soups. So this idea that like adding beans to it. So if you wanted to do like a butternut squash soup, which I know you love, you could puree some beans, like some white beans in with your butternut squash soup. And that would make it more filling. I automatically think of pasta, but I know that your family, you don't eat a ton of just like pasta thrown in broth right? I mean, we do. I don't know. I'm even thinking about, like, I used to make this
0: escrow meatball soup. It's kind of like a quick version of, like, an Italian wedding soup kind of thing, right? I mean, and that, like, fully has meatballs. And I can't explain it that, like, have I projected this onto my family or do they really feel this way? I wish I could ask them right now, but it's like if I served the meatballs and pasta on the side, they'd be like, "Mm, dinner dinner. But if I have little like pastina and meatballs in a broth, they're like, where's the rest of dinner? Yeah. I I don't know what that's about. So like, even (laughs) as you're saying like minestrone or add beans, I'm like, there's something about like drinking a soup that doesn't feel like, It's full dinner. So I guess I want to ask, do you just serve soup? Like, is that dinner? No. no. Okay,
1: what goes with your soup? Okay, we are very much like We serve bread or crackers with soup, right? And so for a long time, I would run into the... Because I said, my kids are, like, really bad at eating soup. Like, they just don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not even like that it ends up everywhere. It's like they don't understand the concept of like drinking the broth. And if the bowl is not like <laughs> 70% the stuff, you know, like the noodles and the chicken and like 30% broth, they're like, what is this? If it's like 50-50, which yeah. I think is the correct soup serving, they're like, no, this is not soup. So basically they want You mean this is not dinner. Yeah. They, yeah. they want yes. They want every soup to be a stew. Yes. Like if it was as That's dense intact. As, like, chili, they would eat it more. 100%. So it's, like, a weird thing. So for a long time, we ran into the thing of, like, a whole entire loaf of bread would go with dinner. Y- yes, so 100%. I started doing, like, a mini version of a snack platter. Like, so there's raw, cut-up veggies. There is bread. Sometimes there's cheese. There's fresh fruit. Like, in the center of the table that can be eaten along with the soup. So I get my soup fix, and my kids actually, like, fill up yes and i think that's like also can be like a really fun strategy too because you could do like pretzels with with your soup like you could do canned soup make your life easy and spend all your time making soft pretzels or like fresh bread rolls if you wanted to if you're a baker like me or you could buy really special croissants and like have that with homemade soup so i think there's like a really fun way to like incorporate the bread component or a salad component into soup eating. And we should talk a little bit about pho, because I think of pho as like a great soup where it's like, you just get, you get like a lot of broth and noodles, but then you get this whole like smorgasbord on the side of like, fresh herbs and crunchy bean sprouts and all of these other great, almost salad-like toppings that you can incorporate into your soup. And like, I think that could really be a strategy for making soup, Feel more like a meal to your family.
0: Okay, so you're getting to something here because my boys love ramen. Yes. And that ramen can satisfy for dinner. And I think it has something to do with the fact that there's also big hunks of meat or like lots of sliced thin meat. But there's something about the meat not being just, like, spread out and incorporated. There's probably just something about the fact that there's meat at all, period. Yeah, it's like a psychological thing, too, Totally. But then also, like, half of a soft-boiled egg in the ramen and veggies. There's something about the variety that's different than minestrone. There's something about the minestrone, like, everything being small and, like, incorporated into the soup. Also, there's usually not meat in it. Yeah, you do necess- and you don't have meat in it, right? Yes. So there's something about like long noodles and big chunks of meat and then half of an egg floating on top that's like, oh, this is a meal. So I definitely think that those types of soups like pho and ramen are really great. They're not what I tend to make at home. And maybe that's the shift that I have to make for myself. I tend to make... I make a really delicious roasted tomato soup. I did it just recently. I did it yeah. the other night and I had a whole loaf of sourdough that my neighbor, Kathy, who did was a guest on day. Yeah. Street we talked our about sourdough, bread baking with her, right? She has been uh, in the habit of sending an email out to the block And saying, I'm gonna bake on Saturday, like, you know, and we just like Venmo her a few dollars and she will bake us loaves of bread. I'm so
1: envious right now. It's pretty
0: special and pretty amazing because her bread is so good too. But we ate, I made grilled cheeses out of a whole loaf and I made them thick and I put a lot of cheese. I made it really satisfying. And Isaac was seriously like, Is there more bread? I was like, What? (laughs) I don't understand. I was like, have more soup. And he was like, okay, but that's not going to make me full. So I tend to make those because I like making quick soups. Yeah. I like roasting vegetables, throwing them in the pot with broth, puree, add cream. Like,
1: That's my move. And ramen is not a quick thing. Like if you're really trying to rival a ramen shop, like you have to make a really robust broth. You have to cook the noodles separately. You have to prepare the meat and the soft-boiled egg, like all that stuff separately. So it's very labor-intensive.
0: Although it doesn't have to be, right? Yeah, right. So I've noticed that there are a couple of brands now that will sell ramen broth in our market, Um, like in pouches. If you have a ramen restaurant near you, they might sell you their broth in like a quart container. That's something to look into. Or just use—you turned me on to this— jacobson salt company oh yeah their ramen ramen seasoning is so delicious it's much more akin to instant ramen flavor than it is the kind of ramen you get you know at a real ramen joint yeah but you can still you know you add two teaspoons to water you cook noodles in it and then add the other stuff the accoutrement you know and just kind of replicate the feeling of a ramen spot
1: Yeah. I also love better than bouillon for those kinds of things too. Like even taking a store bought like from a carton broth and like bolstering it a little bit with a little bit of their better than bouillon veggie, it just like adds another dimension to it. It makes it taste like you cooked a homemade broth for like hours and hours on the stove when you absolutely did not.
0: Did not. Okay. So before we dive into more meal ideas, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors.
1: Y'all, whether your kids are in homeschool, remote school, returning to a classroom or a hybrid, there's something universal for all of us. Back to school means back to endless snacking.
0: Oh my gosh, that is the truth. I mean, listen, we know that kids snack constantly all year round, but back-to-school season has a shifting from easy summer fruits and popsicles to packable snacks that work grab-and-go, whether the kids are grabbing and going from the kitchen to their workspace, from the kitchen to the backyard, or maybe
1: they're going back to their school building. Also, despite this being the strangest back-to-school season ever, we love that back-to-school always gives us an opportunity for a reset including finding new snack options.
0: I love new snacks. And our latest favorite find is Bada Bean Bada Boom, a super crunchy vegan, gluten, and soy-free snack made of roasted broad beans. It comes in 13 delicious flavors, including buffalo wing, everything bagel, nacho cheese, my personal favorite, sweet cinnamon, and Megan's favorite, zesty ranch.
1: Honestly, my kids cannot believe that these tasty snacks are made of beans. And I can't believe that a snack this delicious has 7 grams of protein and 5 grams of fiber per serving. All with a crunch that rivals potato chips. Seriously, listen for yourselves.
0: Bada Bean Bada Boom is perfect packed in a lunchbox for kids or stashed in your home office snack drawer or gym bag. Or really, anywhere else you might need
1: to grab a delicious high-protein snack. Go to badabeansnacks.com backslash didn't I just feed you to get 25% off your order. That's B-A-D-A-B-E-A-N-S-N-A-C-K-S dot com slash didn't I just feed you for 25% off at checkout. Healthy snacking has never been simpler. Our families have adapted a lot this year and with creative problem solving, we've discovered new ways to tackle life's day to day. Now, we're doing the same through the holidays. In the same way that KiwiCo helped engage our kids through summer and at-home schooling, they're helping fill the holiday season with wonder and ease. Every month, KiwiCo delivers everything you need for hands-on science, art, and geography projects. And with crates available for kids of all ages, they make gift-giving easy for us grown-ups and being home seriously fun for kids during a holiday season that looks different. Each KiwiCo crate is an experience that sparks discovery. When a
0: robot walks, a rocket launches, and a heart beats into a stethoscope that they built,
1: these are magical moments that inspire a lifetime of curiosity and learning. Plus, there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel at any time, making KiwiCo the no-brainer holiday gift of the year. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping
0: on any crate line with the code D-I-J-F-Y. That's 50% off your first month for every purchase made in November and December at kiwyco.com. promo code D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. You make a lot of those loaded soups. I know you've talked about like a baked potato soup that you make sometimes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have
1: two actually on Kitchen. We'll link to them. One is like a loaded baked potato soup that is made with frozen hash browns. So you're not even peeling and cutting all those potatoes up. Like you're opening a bag of frozen frozen hash browns, putting it into broth, cooking it until they start to fall apart, and then pureeing it and putting like... Cheese and bacon and sour cream and chopped green onions on top, and it makes it super satisfying. And then there is a slow, a creamy slow cooker potato soup recipe that I have on Kitchen, which is definitely like high volume. You're making it to freeze some in the future, and it kind of takes all day to cook, but it's mostly hands off. And that, in d- like, that is you cutting the potatoes. Although I guess you could use like you know, those Simply Potato products that are, like, in the fresh section where it's, like, they're kind of partially cooked and you just finish cooking them. To the same effect, it would take less time, I think. Could you we should use test sweet that potato? Out. Uh, no. I'm going to say no. I think that, like, lends itself more to that sort of, like, creamy butternut squash texture yeah. that you're talking about. This is, like, ends up kind of a chunky soup where there's, like, creamy broth around these tender chunks of potato.
0: Okay, I want to talk about... Constructing soup more generally. Like, let's let's go from broth to like, you know, toppings kind of from the bottom up and how to make it as delicious as possible when you're just trying to cook it quickly.
1: Okay. I love your tip about the chicken soup and like sauteing your meat and any aromatics before even broth is brought into the business. Does everyone know that that's just like how you start soup? Is like, cooking your aromatics and getting your veggies started? I don't know. Now they do. (laughs) Because that's the move.
0: It is the move.
1: I've watched my mom try to make soup where she just, like, warmed up broth and then added stuff to it, which is a great way for leftovers, like, to use up leftovers. Like, you already have roasted veggies and stuff. You can throw those in there. But if you're starting from scratch, definitely starting with, if you can, browning your protein and then, like, pulling it off onto a plate and then adding like a little bit of your broth to deglaze and then adding your onions and garlic if you're cooking carrots and celery in there, like that's the time to do it. And I, I can't believe we didn't even talk about this. I love a heavy duty Dutch oven for this because I feel like it's very insulated. The Instant Pot is another great tool for quick soups, but I recently had like sort of a disastrous Instant Pot (laughs) incident. And so I'm a little gun shy about it now.
0: I have to say that I tend to make quick soups. So I don't feel like the Instant Pot is particularly necessary because yeah. if you're using a broth that you've already made, I do think it can be helpful if you're trying to make broth or stock. Yes. Yes. Right. So but if we're building a soup, I agree.
1: Like start Dutch by
0: sautéing. Yeah. Dutch oven, start by sautéing, even if it's just onion. Fine, you know, do it. Any kind of bean soup, even a puree soup, because it will get pureed in there. The browning step is where you develop flavor and developing flavor at every step along the way is how you shortcut to something feeling more robust. You know, yes. you get it from that chemical
1: reaction as opposed to that long and slow cook time. So let's say we have all of our veggies in our pot. Like we're making a chicken noodle soup here. Okay, What's your next move? Are you putting your meat back in? Are you adding It? Are you adding noodles? What's happening?
0: So I think it depends. I think that if you're someone who cooks with wine you can add a little bit for a little like what is that flavor a little vinegar like something where you've sauteed it and then you add a splash of something acidic Mm -hmm. and allow it to cook off but it kind of infuses the softened sauteed vegetables just again i'm trying to shortcut to flavor
1: to big flavor and then i add the broth okay What about you? I think we skipped the part where like if you're adding any dried herbs or spices, I would do that like along with the wine or just before the wine. Like I maybe that's implied, but then, yes, I agree, like adding the protein back in and adding the broth. And personally, if I'm making a chicken noodle soup, I like to cook it uncovered for like 10 minutes and let that broth sort of like reduce and then the veggies get really tender before I ever add in... The pasta or anything that could overcook in the broth totally
0: let's pause for a moment on broth people use broth and stock interchangeably yes they are not actually the same thing no broth means it's already it's the liquid from a soup stock is just the
1: base of a soup i do think there's like a little bit of confusion about broth like you said like it's harder to define them if you're trying to keep it, like, vegetarian or ve- vegan. But generally, stock is, like, cooked for a lot longer of a time so that, like, the bones and the veggies, like, give up all their goodness. You get all the collagen, all that marrow is, like, incorporated into the broth. And it, can it, like, sometimes is thick when you refrigerate it versus broth can be, like, just vegetable broth. Or it can also be, like, what you're talking about, where you just warm up water and then you add better than bouillon or like the ramen seasoning. So there is like a technical difference in the two, these two liquids. And one makes for a richer soup when you're eating it and possibly a more filling soup. And then the other one can just be like super flavorful and also light.
0: Yes. So really the bottom line is bones. Stock is made from bones and broth is made from, you know, meat, vegetables, vegetables. Everything else. Everything else. Right. (laughs) So I do prefer grabbing stock, even the store-bought kind. I think that makes for a better soup, personally. But, you know, I mean, especially if you're buying store-bought, the differences are pretty negligible. Um, I think even the brands
1: kind of use it interchangeably at this point. They do. And then that's like where it gets really confusing. If you're following a recipe and then you're in the grocery store and you're like, But it says I need stock and like this says broth. Yeah. It's fine. So
0: I also think now with the (laughs) like with the explosion of popularity of uh, bone broth, I will sometimes grab that because you're going to get a slightly it's going to be more expensive, but you often get a slightly higher quality stock that, you know, has been made from bones.
1: Yes. And so you're getting that little bit of extra, like little bit of extra protein.
0: Yes. in there And flavor. And, and it's like a depth of flavor yes. that you're really getting. But now if you're using store-bought and you want to boost it, there are a couple of ways. So we already talked about better than bouillon, which is great. You just add a little bit and you just get a little extra chicken brothy flavor or beef broth, whatever it is. But also you can, this dirty is another pot. I rarely think it's worth it but for something like chicken soup where the broth of the soup is what makes it so tasty you may want Mm -hmm. to allow your stock to simmer with half of an onion a quickly chopped up carrot just chopped into big pieces a couple pieces of celery and just let it simmer for a little while and let those vegetables infuse. And it just gives it a more homemade flavor. You know, it gives it a
1: little dimension. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up because I also think there's like a time and a place to make the call, of, like, whether you're going to use that, like, more expensive bone broth or your homemade broth that's really rich versus, like, this the broth that's in your pantry, which can be, like, what is the end result of the soup? Like, if I'm making chicken noodle soup or I'm making, like, an Italian wedding soup, both of those have, like, fewer ingredients that that live in the stock right or live in the broth and so then I want a really robust base the liquid I want the liquid to be as like filling as possible but if I'm making a minestrone where there's gonna be like a million other vegetables and there's canned tomatoes in there and there's like broth from the beans then I don't worry about using my like very best stock yes that's a great tip Because there's so much other
0: flavor going on. You know, the broth doesn't need to stand out quite so much. Yes. Okay. So we've browned our vegetables, any aromatics, fresh herbs, dried spices, maybe tomato paste a little bit. Mm. We add our meat back if there is meat or whatever protein. And then we we add our broth. Well, really, it's stock but
1: <laughs> it becomes broth. <laughs> our liquid, our cooking liquid.
0: And then we let it simmer, right? Yeah. And that's where we're really going to allow all the flavors to come together. If yes. you're going to add something that needs to cook, like pasta, orzo, anything, rice, anything like that, you kind of time it for the end so it doesn't get
1: soggy. Yes, right? you and you just also so it, it doesn't soak up all the liquid. And I know it's a big pain in the tush, but I sometimes like to cook the pasta separately because then I feel like it absorbs less of my rich broth.
0: I mean, I'm just going to take a little side note here and say like, this is why sometimes soup annoys me. Do you see where like it can be so quick and easy and we're like, take your stuff but, and then but. like enhance it with a chopped up onion and then cook your pasta for. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> dinner that's going to take you 27 pots and a bowl and three sets of tongs. Damn you, soup. But also, like, you can have different expectations on different nights. Yes. Like, if I'm making chicken noodle soup because someone is sick and I really want it to be nourishing, I'm probably going to take those extra steps. If it's like a busy Tuesday night and I walked in the door at 530 and Ella was like, I want chicken soup tonight. And I'm like pulling out of the freezer I'm not making, I'm not cooking the pasta in a separate pot. Full disclosure. Like I am just going to throw it in there and get dinner done.
0: Okay. So we do that. And then I want to talk about, then you're done cooking because you've added your rice or your pasta or your quick cooking thing. Beans. I mean, it depends. Mm -hmm. Like beans can get soggy too, y'all. So like if you add your beans at the beginning, just so that you can cover it, let it simmer and whatever, they might like break down. Chickpea skins might come off and that interrupts the texture of your soup. So I like to just add the beans towards the end also, Mm -hmm. just so that they warm and cook through basically. And then we're done, right? Are we done?
1: Because I want to talk about finishing soup. Yeah, I don't think we're quite done. I think there's like a lot of really fun ways to end soup with a flourish. Yes.
0: (laughs) And I want to talk about that because we've talked about this for other things.
1: Like, you know, we've talked about just like how to finish your dish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like bowl meals or like how to make veggie sides really exciting. Yes. Yes, yes. I
0: think that that's, V- this is very important
1: i think it's like one of the most overlooked components of making a soup or stew or chili i think you like no matter what it is a hit of acid yes it can be it, the chicken soup sings with a big squeeze of lemon fresh lemon over it or you could do like a capful of apple cider vinegar or some sherry vinegar what are some other ways you like to finish with acid Definitely, I mean, vinegar and lemon are usually my yeah. go-tos. A very sour beer or a sour, oh, a sour cider. Like, it's just a it. splash. If you, Especially if you incorporated some in the beginning when you're cooking aromatics. Like, you have a wine that's a little acidic. Just a splash at the end is so good. But also cream. Like, you could add a splash okay. of cream and kind of yeah, make it. Yeah, so that's not acid. Soup. I
0: wanted to talk about adding fat at the end, too.
1: Okay, get into it.
0: Yeah, because I I think cream is the fat that I use most, but, you know, a pat of butter is never going to hurt like a nice creamy (laughs) roasted tomato soup. I'm just saying creme fraiche, sour cream, heavy cream. You know, there are a couple of ways you can handle it with heavy cream or butter. I would stir it into the whole pot. Yeah. Creme fraiche, sour cream. I can sometimes stir into the whole pot. Then you need kind of a smaller amount. It's really rich. And or use it to dollop on top. That can be really delicious, too.
1: I can't believe you didn't say yogurt.
0: No, I never use yogurt. Is that interesting? But you know me. We've had this conversation <laughs> before. I, I know, don't use like, yogurt you... instead of sour cream. Like, I'm a sour cream fiend. Sour cream for life. Or oh, my gosh. I okay. can eat it off of a spoon. I love it so much. <laughs> so good. All right. But
1: you had one more fat idea. I have a crunchy. I, I okay. believe oh. in ending with crunchy. <gasps> Wait a minute. My mind is about to blow right now. Go.
0: I think that soup tastes better and is more satisfying when there is a crunchy element. Because everything, even if you get different textures, even if you don't saute your vegetables too much and you have a nice slightly bigger dice and your celery still has a nice little bite to it or your beans, you were really careful and they still have great texture. They're still like incorporated into the soup. They're warmed through. On top, I love toasted breadcrumbs. is one of my favorite ways to top soup. So I think that works for like anything from a lentil soup to a like like a minestrone, like anything that has a whole bunch of things in it. Something with like farro or little pasta. Putting that crunchy on top. A creamy tomato soup, a creamy vegetable soup, butternut squash. I like frizzled shallots or onions on mm. top. I think that works really beautifully. Um those are kind of my two go-tos, but it's like the same idea as taking crackers and, you know, squishing them on top, not squishing, you know what I'm trying to
1: say? Yeah, <laughs> regan over. over. I yeah. okay, I love that you're like frizzled onions and I'm going to be like y'all, extra toasted cheese it crumbled over and those soups uh, Is like such a game changer. Also, croutons like that's a yes, great place to yes. use up some stale bread and like maybe s- toast them a little bit like saute them in a little olive oil and then put them on top of your creamy tomato soup is kind of a game changer but let's not discount fresh crunchy herbs or oh, even like i love that Some scallions or maybe you like fried sage leaves. Yeah. Mm. Or like a finely diced red onion on top or finely diced celery on top can just be sort of like revolutionary to making soup more delicious. Yes. Yes. Also cheese. You can put cheese and on top of any soup (laughs) or those little like a frico where you take Parmesan and just bake it in the oven until it makes a little crispy and crunch that Top of your soup yes I love that did we get to everything I feel like probably not yeah we never <laughs> did do. we ever get to anything <laughs> everything I mean we But get like, I think we could do a follow-up like stew primer at some point in the future I would I really this is like a poll I cannot wait to see the results of in the listeners group like do other people's kids struggle with eating soup From my standpoint, where I, like, feel like my kids don't understand how to eat it and enjoy it. And your perspective of, like, your dudes are never full from soup. So we should get something going in the listeners group and hear from everyone.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you. I want to hear what everybody has to say. And I'm so curious. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of people disagreeing with the fact that I started by being like, I don't like soup. People are going to be like, oh, my God.
1: Listen, people are still hating on me because I said I didn't like grapes. so. (laughs) You'll be uh, fine. Oh, You'll be fine. Okay. And hey, if we didn't answer a soup question in this week's episode, make sure you leave us like a DM or leave a note in the listeners group because we're now answering listener questions on our Thursday Thursday lives on Instagram. And we'd love to do a follow up this week.
0: And I just want to I try not to do this too often because I know it might be. Annoying to some people, but truly, if you're interested in this broth versus stock conversation and you want to know how to do it, quote unquote, I have air quotes with my fingers, the proper way. If you want to know the difference between a brown stock and a regular stock, a shortcut method for the instant pot, proper method by using the oven and the regular pot. I literally outline all of this for chicken broth, at least, in my cookbook, Winner, Winner Chicken Dinner. And I only need to plug it because I'm actually really proud of that section and put a lot of time into helping make really quick and easy distinctions and giving you all the different possibilities depending on what your mood is and what you have time for. I love that.
1: I really thought you were going to plug the website because (laughs) I swear... (laughs) I swear this week we got a, an email where someone was like, we're trying to find all the things that you mentioned in the episode. And so I just want to be really clear. Stacey puts in a lot of time in writing show notes and including all of the links to everything that we talk about every single week, as well as like our sponsor discounts. All of that can be found at didn't I just you.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. We send out an extra recipe every week. And on Fridays, most Fridays, we send out a fave find in our newsletter as well.
0: Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook, where we are at Didn't I Just Need You. In both of those places, we're very easy to find. (laughs) On Facebook, we also have a private listeners group. So you go to the page, you look for groups you try to join Didn't I Just Feed You listeners, you'll be asked a question. The answer is whiskey. Just write it in.
1: And don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss an episode. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, the Gatzik.
0: I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.